Welcome to Crowd Takes in Football. This is what the Baltimore Sports Report does. I'm TK, joined by Andrew Holly. It is Steelers week. We are fired up. We got a lot to talk about today between the trade deadline approaching and our week eight matchup against the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Ravens' most hated rival. How, Holly, how we doing, man? Doing fine, man. As you said, it's a, it's a big day here. I mean, it's Thursday of Steelers week. Not only is it Thursday of Steelers week, what happens tomorrow? The Mandalorian is back. Oh. Star Wars fans out there. I'm pretty fired up about that. So that's going to be my Friday. It's some, I haven't decided if it's going to be my Friday with breakfast or my Friday right after work. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I think it's right after work, man. Have, enjoy a beer. Watch the show. That's what I I'm think, thinking. I think that's what I got to do. I am actually going to be in Pittsburgh visiting my brother, um, so going to be behind enemy lines a little bit. Um, so that'll be interesting to see how that goes Manny on Brothers Sunday. When you're in Pittsburgh, you know, I have before. Not sure if I will this time. I mean, I got to watch my cholesterol, but uh, oh, good for you! Wow, yeah, I'm just trying to stay trim. Um, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see. There's one pretty close to my brother's place, so we might drop by. But uh, okay. yeah, we'll we'll see how that goes. Yeah, um, I, I don't think I've ever actually had one of those before, as I think about it. Um, I think it's worth trying once. Yeah, uh, I mean, because that's yeah. where they put the. Uh, I know I'm I'm calling myself an idiot, some are calling myself out as an idiot here, but it's where they put the French fries on the sandwich. Is that what's going? Yeah, on there? yeah, they put it right in there. I mean, it's pretty much as, as like Midwest sandwich as you can get. Yeah. It's yeah. just like, you know, unhealth inside of unhealth. So, yeah, rust belt kind of, a, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's worth a try once. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, not a we'll crab. See. Certainly not a crab cake. Certainly not. Certainly not. That's a, that is a truly different delicacy in its own. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe not for many bros this time, but, uh, yeah, enough of that, enough of that, but you'll be behind enemy lines. So good for you there. Be careful. Godspeed on that journey. Yeah, I will. No, no risky business for me, but, uh, let's jump, jump right into some trade deadline talk. Um, we, we heard a lot of rumors today, saw a lot of tweets about some potential deals that were going on. And uh, maybe if, if you want to talk about some of the names that popped up today and, and what it might indicate for, you know, any potential additions um, in addition to Yannick and Gakwe. And I, I found out that that's how it's pronounced, Yannick, according to my good sources at Pro Football Focus, um, Pro Football Reference. I'm sorry. Now, now, how do you say the last name, though? Because I keep hearing this different ways. I thought it was Ngakwe, but now I'm hearing Ngawe. Yes, that, I, be, I believe that is the the proper pronunciation. So Yannique Yannick Ngawe is is yeah. our is our is our new hopefully Pro Bowl stud defensive end outside linebacker that we acquired from the Minnesota Vikings. And speaking of those Vikings, the names that we've heard today that came out from I believe it was Jason Lockin for Say what you want about his uh, radio host skills but you know he certainly is is a you know NFL reporter with a lot of fantastic sources allegedly 
Um, we, you know, in the Ngawe discussions, we also talked about both Irv Smith, young tight end for the Vikings, and most interestingly, Adam Thielen, the Pro Bowl stud wide receiver. Now, it does not look like either a move for either of those players is going to go anywhere, so it's probably a lot of talk about nothing, but certainly interesting nonetheless. The other player that has come out in the last couple of days that uh, the Ravens were very interested in, but unfortunately due to injury, that deal is off, is Zach Ertz with the Philadelphia Eagles. Apparently, uh, the Ravens were pretty hot and heavy for Ertz and fairly far along in discussions before he got hurt. And he's apparently out four to six weeks. So that pretty much takes him out of the discussion as someone the Ravens would want to trade, certainly anything of significance for. You know, certainly that tells me the Ravens are looking at the offense and thinking, okay, this is where we can improve the team out of what's out there. And they're looking for tight ends. They're looking for wide receivers. Um, You know, I think you and I both talked about before we started recording about the need also for a corner. You know, I think there is no question that, you know, Eric DaCosta is going to go out and make a move if that move is there. What do you want to see him do before the trade deadline? (sighs) I am concerned about the depth in the secondary. You know, all of a sudden, uh, you know, we, we heard today that Jimmy Smith is having some Achilles issues. And, you know, that kind of leaves us at, what, five playable defensive backs who are on the roster now and then we got to make some practice squad moves we just cut marcus gilchrist from the practice squad uh, there's not too many guys back there and if uh you know if there's a team you know other than the chiefs that we we have to be ready to go at at corner and and safety it's the steelers with you know Absolutely. guys like uh juju and you know emerging star chase claypool deontay johnson eric ebron you know they have a lot of weapons so I would love for there to be a corner added. And I think it's probably too late in the game to add a corner and then expect him to go out and play on Sunday. Um, but just what we know about Jimmy Smith, it, you know, his, his unfortunate injury history, you know, he's, he's had his number of issues um, across his entire career with the Ravens. Um, you know, we had Marlon Humphrey getting sick earlier. So, I mean, it, it could be something big like an Achilles or it could be something small, hey, like, it you could know, be like symptoms. Right. Let's that, be that real. Takes, I mean, right, that or, takes somebody or out. just having somebody out for a week because they were around somebody with COVID. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, you know, what happens if somebody in that DB room you know, well, I mean, that could happen to anybody, I guess, as we saw with the Raiders and their offensive line. But, you know, I it, it wouldn't take much because our 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 cornerbacks are number three right now, pretty much. So, yeah, I, I would love to add something on the offense, but I think my main concern is with the defensive back depth at this point. You know, with with the injuries that the Ravens have sustained, you know, we, we're here on thursday the 29th and and we know now that jimmy smith is having some achilles problems marlon humphrey was sick earlier and even though he's back at practice there could be some you know like think about if covid strikes in the secondary room you know that's going to be hard 
with you know yeah. only three healthy corners. And I would love to just add another guy uh, of of some merit back there because I'm sure there's like guys on the street right now that we could add. But you know, I'd well, love to add because if there were, you know, let's say there was a car, if we were gonna really go back to Brandon Carson, you know, mm-hmm. you think we would have done that before the buy? Yeah, um, right. Yeah, if that's what they wanted to do, they probably would have done it, uh, unless they just didn't want to pay him for one one more week. Well, true. Yeah, that's true. Because he kind of already knows everything. Well, you know? that's a good point. I mean, I'm just thinking of going through COVID, you know, COVID testing and that kind of stuff. But you, that's a very good point. That's that's an extra week they wouldn't have to pay him. Um, which, in this world of the cap, we have to think about. Right. So, I mean, I I think that's the greatest need at this point. You know, I'm tempering my expectations on Des Bryant. You know, he's not going to come in and be, you know, all world like he was uh, back with the Cowboys. But I I think that he would kind of fit into some of these third tight end type of receiving responsibilities uh, that you think about Hayden Hurst last year with the in breaking routes. So, you know, lining up in the slot and being over the middle, you know, he, he does have a, a big body uh, that should be able to handle any contact in there. So, you know, while keeping my expectations for him limited, you know, he could open things up in that manner a little bit on the offensive side. You know, I think the, the, the big thing that Des Bryant's going to bring us is hopefully production in those plays that we were hoping Miles Boykin would would make, start making some plays. I mean, because in a lot of respects, that third tight end role that was, or second tight end really, uh, that was so important with the Hayden Hurst role last year, really um, was supposed to go to that other receiver, you know, to that Miles Boykin player. I think in a lot of respects. So um, hopefully, at least within the red zone, that's where we can start seeing. Uh, Des Bryant make a little bit of an impact. Yeah, yeah, in the red zone, in the middle of the field, um, you know, I, I think that's where he he'll be able to do some damage, especially if he gets matched up on like smaller corners or whatever the case might be. You know, I think he does have um, at least the body to to take advantage. But again, you know, the guy hasn't played in three years, so it's hard to imagine what he might bring to the table. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I really don't see him playing against the Steelers. That's no, no, no. I don't think so. I think we'll be lucky if he plays a game. I mean, in reality, you know, to to really talk about any impact, I think, from Des Bryant at this point is probably extremely premature. I know it's great that he's on the practice squad, but I think I, we're just going to have to see. I mean, I, I wasn't. While the reports were good and it was cool to see and make the, you know, the, the little clip of his one handed grab, you know, I, I also wasn't filled with a bunch of warm and fuzzies when Harbaugh talked about, you know, what his impact may or may not be to the team. Um, yeah. Did you did you see he got yelled at for that one handed catch? The coach sent him back and made him do the drill again. Oh, is that a true story? <laughs> I didn't see that. That's, <laughs> that, that, that's what it looked like. It looked like he was apologizing <laughs> and heading back to his, his spot to, to do the drill. But uh, I did want to add in, you know, he wasn't signed to the 53-man roster for a reason. He's on the practice yeah. squad for a reason. Because exactly. he's, like, there's a chance he's not ready to go. Yeah. Um, 
So there's yeah. a real good chance he's he's just like a nice guy that kind of has a nice personality for practice, and that's all they ever uh, really get out of him. I mean, that's that's yeah. the reality, especially. And let's face it, even more so if the Ravens go out and trade for an Adam Thielen, you know, I mean? right, you right, know, or or someone of that ilk. I, I think pretty quickly. Well, I don't know. I mean, maybe it, I guess it depends on who else is included in the trade, I guess. But, um, you know, that said, I would imagine, you know, Des Bryant's impact or lack thereof would be would be affected greatly by something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So that being said, I, I just get the feeling that they are going to go out and grab somebody. I don't know. I it's we I, I was saying before, it's hard to just like pick a name and be like, this is yeah. the guy they're going to go get. Now, of course, there's guys that like we would love on the roster that we think fit well. But, you know, are they available in a trade? Or, I mean, we would know, have never cost? said, let's face it, we would have never said Marcus Peters last year. You would have right. never thought that trade was going to happen. I think we were both shocked by the Ngawe trade more in my mind because he had already been traded somewhere, mm-hmm. you know, more so than the Ravens' interest because that was, of course, well known. Yep. But, you know, but still, the fact, you know, that we're pulling triggers at all, you know, it makes you realize the impact of Eric DaCosta, you know, and I'm trying to think of um, the offense. Who was, who was the offensive lineman? Uh, his name's escaping me that we traded, that we got from the Jags, um, that we were all excited about the left tackle, and he ended up not doing anything. The left um, tackle from the Jags. Oh, it was in. Monroe, Eugene Monroe. Monroe, you thank you. Yes, Eugene Monroe. You know, I mean, it, that was a shock. I remember mm-hmm. when the Ravens made that trade. Now that was Ozzie Newsome, but I also look back and go, "That's an Eric DaCosta move." Looking back now, because it's pretty clear that Ozzie really didn't like the trade deadline. Yeah, that wasn't something he tended to to do. Um, and I look back at some of the major, quote unquote major, there weren't many of them, but you know, that to me, certainly that was towards the end of Ozzy's tenure, not really fully the end, but towards the end, and, you know, and, and that's when DaCosta's influence got bigger and bigger. Um, but it's obvious now that he is the GM, we're not messing around. If there's, if there's time to make a deal and we can still do it, we're going to, we're going to do something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's still until November third to pull some off. So, um, I do expect one more move, at, at least one, um, to either add a, a wide receiver or a tight end. But like I said, the, the corner, the corner, yeah, and, and safety a, uh, positions. Are, yeah, just depth. Like we don't need a superstar. Like we were talking that you know apparently the the Patriots are making everybody on their roster available. So, you know, say, like, do we bring in Stefan Gilmore? <laughs> and, well, I mean, I mean, that would be a little nuts. And, and we don't need a, a superstar uh, because we already have two all pro corners. Uh, just some like a, a depth piece that we'd be OK or comfortable with if they had to take uh, some extended snaps. And that might be a lot to ask as well, because, you know, any corner getting on the field, you know, you want them to be good. But uh, yeah. You know, just a little bit of depth there. It, it's a it's a concern for me right now, for sure. 
Well, the other end of the spectrum, too, not to belabor the point because we talked about it a good bit last week, but I'm talking about the Patriots, and I forget his name off the top of my head, but we spoke about the one offensive lineman that the Patriots have. Tooney, yeah. Um, yeah, that, I mean, he could be, you know, he, he would be a player if he's a player that's available, and I'm sure he wouldn't cost, he would cost a pretty penny. Mm-hmm. But but he would certainly be impactful in his own way, um, adding him to the offensive line. So, you know, there's definitely, there are seemingly deals to be made. I think there are a lot of areas, as good as the Ravens roster is, there are certain areas where, you know, improvements and depth can be made. And uh, I think, I think we can, and in, in the very least, trust that Eric DaCosta is leaving no stone unturned to see what fits for the Ravens. Yeah, yeah, we can at least trust that, that he's trying um, to improve the roster. So that's, that's uh, you know, anything else to add there on, on the trade front? No, I think I think this this really has no bearing on on anything currently. But, you know, we're, we're seeing Eric DaCosta, you know, as as the Ravens are contenders being such a wheeler and dealer at the trade line deadline. Do you ever see Eric DaCosta doing it in the, in the other direction? Selling? Yeah. Sure. And not only, only because the season is obviously, you know, sunk. I, I, I certainly would not see him doing that. Um, when, when we were seem, seemingly in contention, unless there was a problem with the player. <clears throat> um, yeah, I do think I see that. Um, you would never want to see the Ravens in that position. Well, but it, certainly it's not possible certainly to happen. Not. But a rash of um, injuries you know, happens. You know, we start out one and five, and mm-hmm. you know, it's pretty obvious that we we probably you know we're in salary cap jail, whatever. You know, yeah, because uh, unfortunately, at some point that will happen. Um, so. Anyway, just an interesting yeah. thought. As we no, I, yeah, I, I do see him doing that. I, I think he's savvy enough to understand. Because, like, because you think he's making these trades, and the downside is that, like, uh, Ngakwe and Judon might walk. But then he yeah. also plays the compensatory pick game he in does. which, like, he's okay so with losing. Right? So, if you, I mean, if you're going to lose a, a really good player, then I think he's uh good enough at compensating himself and the and the team uh so that you know it's it's at least worth the the value if if that makes sense like no, it's not just, it, like in, in not in a throwaway manner there i don't think there ever be like a fire sale situation in which yeah you know we're we're, it, we're in like not. cowboys mode right now where they're just trying yeah. to dump everybody you know yeah, I'm thinking more of a Viking situation, quite frankly, where you just, you know, the season did not go the way you wanted it to go. And, you know, maybe you trade a couple free agents, you know, that kind of a thing. Um, but, you know, as you said, you know, we do such a good job of playing the compensatory pit game. It's almost, it'd be, you really have to get good value to trade somebody from our roster. Because mm-hmm. they just do a good job of somehow still getting value when guys leave as a free agent. You know, yeah. that is, that is right. crazy. It's, 
Yeah, that's exactly what you you said it a lot better than I did, but that's what I was trying to say. No, it, well, it is. I um, mean, I, I was really just trying to echo what you said. I mean, I, it, it's, it's exactly, it, they, it's, it's weird to think that, but you know, it's like you're almost happy to see guys leave as a free agent because you're like, <laughs> oh, good, we're gonna get some draft picks. Good, like, that's, good third round pick. Normally, yeah. that's not like the way it goes. Like, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um. But yeah, we'll see a few days left before the deadline. Um, would love to see some additions, but uh, I'm sure it'll be stuff that we never see coming. Oh, and, uh, definitely be some that's the exciting to read. Because there mm-hmm. won't be any other news happening on Tuesday of next week at all. That no. Anyone's going to be focused on. <laughs> <laughs> no, anyway, I'm just kidding. Go out and vote. That, Everybody vote. Yeah, please Everybody go out and vote. vote if you haven't already. Please go vote. You're just I was going to go vote today, but it was freaking pouring down rain all day so uh, oh, i'm gonna vote tomorrow my uh i got a i got an update to my voting site here here in the city my mm-hmm. new voting uh my new poll location is madison square garden no way <laughs> that's, nice, yeah that's, yeah i'm very excited that's so pretty cool you, you you guys know for sure that i'm voting maybe uh, you'll run into uh billy joel while you're there yeah yeah i'm, I'm hoping that the that the little voting booths are on the on the court yeah, uh, dude, you know, how how badass would that be? That'd be sick. Spike Lee's there yelling at you to to not vote for right. Trump while you're doing that. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, just get some just get some buckets <laughs> on the way out. And, you know, go about my day. Oh, uh, but yes, please, That's everybody, cool, yeah, all but, listeners, if you are eligible, go vote. Um, yeah, go vote. But I think now it's time that we turn our attention to Absolute. the upcoming game. Uh, Big, big game uh, for the Ravens. It's Steelers week, as we mentioned. The Steelers come to town on Sunday for a battle for AFC North control. Can we say that? I think, I, well, I guess we have to. I mean, that's kind of what it is. Yeah, the Steelers are sitting undefeated at, what are they, 6-0? and Because they missed that one game. And the Ravens are 5-1. and Um the, the win for the Ravens would give them the advantage um, in in the tiebreaker, so that would put them in first place. But uh, you know, a win for the Steelers would give them pretty decent control uh, over the division based on what the Browns do, I guess. But um, yeah, it's a big week. This is going to be a tough game. Um, you know, had a stat come out earlier that said this is the 25th regular season meeting between. John Harbaugh and Mike Tomlin, which is the most all time between two head coaches. Um, that's I was that's shocked by that. I yeah. mean, it makes sense when you think about it mm-hmm. because both teams have been blessed to have both coaches for an inordinate amount of time. Let's be real. Mm-hmm. Um, for NFL coaches, you know, with both the extended success over, you know, different iterations of a team which is the the mark of a Hall of Fame level coach on each side. And but I was still that said, you know, you'd think like Don Shula would have had like 30 years of matchups against somebody over maybe not the same team, but, you know, somebody that, you know, coached a while. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. Like he's he's been the Steelers coach since 2007 and and I swear it feels like even longer than that but yeah well I mean Harbaugh's been here since 2008 right yeah but but, I mean Tomlin's still only 48 years old and you think I mean yeah 
that means he was what 35 when he was the head coach yeah. of, of a super bowl of a team coming off of the super bowl crazy uh yeah um but uh yeah so i mean it's a huge game the steelers are coming in hot they just beat the titans even though the steelers didn't probably didn't play the, the second half that they wanted to um big ben has been very effective all year you know he he did have some uh questionable decisions um turning the ball over last week but they're a really good team and 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 i think it starts with their defense um and their defense starts with their front uh and they have some really talented players up front with tj watt bud dupree uh stefan Tuitt, and cam hayward are the, are the longtime guys there and then their depth guys um tyson alualu has been really good this year and he just keeps popping out to me uh, as I as I see some of their videos. Uh, probably a guy that uh, you know, not too many fans are aware of, but watch out for him to make an impact uh, on the defensive line on Sunday. And uh, another guy up there is a familiar face to Ravens fans is Chris Wormley. So they're really good up front. And and considering what our interior of the offensive line uh, situation is, that could be a problem. That definitely concerns me. I mean, I am really hoping for the, you know, crazy switch on the offensive line that we weren't expecting, whether that be a Ben Bredesen or, you know, whatever that is, you know, that I I think a change certainly needs to be made and, and a big reason. And that's a big reason why I'm concerned about that front for everything you just said. I mean, there's depth there. You know, it's interesting you brought up Alu Alu. I mean, he was a guy that I really wanted the Ravens to get when he was when he was coming out of uh was it was it Cal that he, he came out of, I think. Um but uh double check that. But anyway, I remember uh I just remember really liking him now. He was a bit of a bust for the Jags because he was overdrafted. Uh, in the first round, but I know he was a guy that I really wanted to see the Ravens get in that second, third round area um, of whatever, whatever year that was. Uh, 2010. Yeah. He's out of Cal. Yeah. He's picked 10th overall. This was a Which was draft. a big time. I mean, big time overdraft. I mean, people were talking yeah. about the Ravens taking him in the second round and yeah. he went 10th overall. And, yeah. and he unfortunately, you know, proved to not be worth that pick um you know but as a as a player as you know on on the Steelers as a depth player especially with some savvy savvy veteran maneuvers as a 10th 10 year you know 10th year veteran at this point which is crazy that it was the 10 years ago was his draft but anyway uh, I now feel a lot older than I felt earlier (sighs) yeah um uh can I just interrupt you real quick? Yeah, absolutely. Do you remember? On a tangent. Do you remember who the Ravens took in that draft? Two all-time greats in the second round. Oh, was that uh, was that uh, uh, Sergio Kendall and uh, Cody? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, yeah. if you look at the other guys that were available when these when these guys oh, went, God, oh tell me. gosh, tell me. it hurts. Tell me. There's several. I mean, Lamar Houston uh, was taking the pick right after, and like what not about great, Clay but Campbell? a lot. Isn't that his draft? I believe so. But 
you know, I, I say Lamar Houston, and he's like, uh, this is not Clay's Campbell draft. It's not, um, okay. Uh, but guys like Golden Tate, Carlos Dunlap, uh, Linval Joseph, Daryl Washington, uh, mm-hmm. Rob Gronkowski went the pick right before Sergio Oh, Kendall. that was Gronk's draft? I mean, granted, we got Pitta. That was when we got Pitta. And yeah, that was Dixon and, and Pitta. But, yeah, you see some of these names, and uh, it's tough. I mean, let's it's face tough. it. We won a Super Bowl. Sergio Kendall didn't do anything for us, but we did win a Super Bowl with, with three out of those four players. That's Mount true. Cody and, uh, you know, obviously Pitta and Dixon. And, and Pitta, yeah. yeah. That's true. But, uh, yeah, we are we are on a tangent here. Yeah, uh, sorry. Enough about yeah. drafting and and weird players. Back to the Steelers. Yeah, but back to their back to their front guys. Very good, very talented, and it's going to be a huge challenge for those interior guys. Uh, you are looking for a move at right guard, then. I think I'd be surprised if it didn't happen. Yes. Or some kind of change didn't happen. If we come out and it's if it's Bozeman Skura. Phillips, I'll be surprised and a little concerned. I mean, not and, and I'm not necessarily saying that our depth would be way better, but I it just isn't. It's not working, and I the offensive line is part of that problem. Yeah, yeah, and I I think we've been calling for this for a few weeks now. You know, a change at right guard. Um, I think I think Phillips just probably needs a little bit more time to develop. I would love to see McCarry there. Um, if things get really desperate, and I know that they're kind of trying to save DJ Fluker for the swing tackle backup role, but uh, he might need to be the right guard. Yeah, he might need to be the right guard because you know if your starter at one spot isn't good, you know does I mean yeah. how much does it help for your backup at another I spot agree. to be good? Uh, and that, that has been his, his position for the past several years. Um, and you know, it was presumed that he would be the guy to be the right guard when he was first acquired, but you know, you know, at a certain point you got to think about sliding him in, but I do expect there to be a change at right guard. And and I think it'll be McCary just because of his experience from last year. Um, you know, even though he was playing center, I think just being up there and having the snaps under his belt is, is a good thing for him. Uh, but it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Uh, you know, Tuitt and Hayward have been given the Ravens issues for years. I mean, TJ Watt is a beast. Bud Dupree is a beast. Uh, they're going to be tough. But I do think that where they are, are, are potentially a little bit weaker is directly behind them in the middle of the defense with the linebackers. Now that uh, Devin Bush is out for the year. Um, That's a big loss for them. It's a, big a, it's a big loss, yeah, for sure, and I think that the Ravens have some weapons that can take advantage of that. Um, in my guy, the Andrews, and um, maybe even J.K. Dobbins out of the backfield. And you know, and that's a good point because I think we're going to see a heavy dose of Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins this week. Um, with you know Ingram still still hobbled a little bit from the ankle. I don't believe he practiced today. Nope. Um, you know, so it it's probably clear in my mind, at least, that he's not going to get a whole lot of snaps on Sunday or probably shouldn't get a whole lot of snaps on Sunday. We have running back depth. Let's use it. 
Um, mm-hmm. And and quite frankly, the it, it might be time to as much as I love Mark Ingram, it might be time to go with the hotter hand or seemingly hotter hand with Gus Edwards. And you know, let's let's see how that you know thunder and lightning pairing between uh, uh, Gus Edwards and uh, J.K. Dobbins see see if that maybe uh, helps us a little bit more than than what we were doing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, like you said, Thunder and Lightning. I think Dobbins is more adept at, at getting to the edge where, uh, you know, we've seen what Edwards can do between the tackles. Um, that being said, you know, I'm very comfortable if, if Justice Hill is going to be the third running back uh, on, on the roster. I, I, oh, I, for sure. You know, if, if we have Ingram be inactive for the game, which would which would stink because I feel like he's a guy that really brings a lot of energy to what this rivalry is, uh, just you know who he is as a person. Um, I'm very comfortable with Je- Justice Hill if he is required to take any offensive snaps. I have no issue with that. Yeah, no, I don't either. And I mean, he might be a nice little wrinkle to the offense that, that mm-hmm. we're not really expecting either. You know, to have have that kind of speed. Um, you know, a backfield of Dobbins and and Hill along with uh, along with Lamar. I mean, that's pretty. That would be pretty exciting, uh, right? In the backfield there. Right, right. That'd be pretty cool. So yeah, I mean, a lot of it is going to be dependent on that offensive line. You know, doing their job essentially. Um, yeah. Because it's not going to really matter who the running backs are if there's nowhere to go. Um, in the passing game, you know, they have Joe Hayden, who's been around for a long time, and Minka Fitzpatrick, who's, you know, was um, beat quite a bit by the Ravens last year, uh, particularly when he was with the Dolphins. But, you know, I don't think that uh, we should underestimate him as a no, safety. I think he's no. a really, I mean, really good player. Yeah, um, he's a good player. He's a big reason why the uh, Steelers turned around a bit last year. Was, yeah. And and hung in it as long as they did with their circus of the quarterback situation. So uh, yeah, he's he's a very good player. Yeah, that's true. But um, I I don't want to say that the the Ravens' offense is going to have uh, a bad day. I think that like John Harbaugh coming off a bye, Greg Roman coming off a bye, they're going to have some things cleaned up. I think what is Harbaugh ten and two off of the buy or something like that. Yeah, um, I don't I don't put a lot of credence into that, quite frankly. You don't? I mean I, I think it's, I think don't it's a big because, deal, man. Getting things cleaned up and I don't mainly because it also is determined greatly by who you're playing after the buy. You know, how many true. times have the Ravens played a really crappy team coming off of a buy and they've romped? I mean, I, I'm not trying to discount the impactfulness of John Harbaugh's coaching, but I, I think sometimes read people read a little too much into that um, that kind of a record. Um, I I mean, especially when you look into, I mean, I'm very concerned. Look, I don't think that I don't expect the Ravens to shit the bed or anything like that, but I'm very concerned with the offensive line against the the Steelers front. I mean, that's going to be a massive part of the game. Um, you know, if if the Steelers watch film and they're able to contain the Ravens, just like some of these other teams have been able to do, they're going to be able to do it in a lot more impactful way. You know, um, seeing Lamar take 
crazy sacks or, or worse, you know, sack fumbles like the Raven or the Steelers rather are are good at doing, you know, and certainly were back in the day. I mean, I think I will always have nightmares of Troy Polamalu, you know, sacking Flacco yeah. for, you know, touch, you know, sack fumble touchdowns. But um, I don't know. I guess, you know, the, the Steelers bring something that Lamar isn't used to, you know, as far as just good, good defenses. You know, the, really, Lamar hasn't faced the Steelers yet. You know, this is the first time since the, you know, this new iteration of the Ravens that we're playing the Steelers. You know, Ben Roethlisberger has not been Ben Roethlisberger for five years. I mean, when was the last time the Ravens even really played Ben Roethlisberger? I mean, he he pretty much is guaranteed to miss one game a season against the Ravens, if not both, the mm-hmm. last several years. He, yeah, he did miss both last year. <clears throat> so, you know, it's I it's there's a lot of unknowns here. I mean it's a big it's a big game for a lot of reasons. And, you know, the there's some some unknowns about, you know, this how well this season's Lamar will be able to handle that that type of a of a defensive front um and and it's not really i don't mean to put the onus more on on lamar as much as it will will the players around him allow him to be lamar you know will the offensive line perform and give him that uh, extra couple seconds of time he needs to make some magic happen um will will guys actually decide to catch the ball You know, I mean, let's be real. Our offense has disappointed as much as we are. Okay, we're five and one and all that stuff. But there are there are definite issues. And I'm not trying to, you know, maybe this is my overreaction of the week. But, you know, (laughs) you know, it's it's I've got concerns. Negative Holly today. I don't like negative. I'm I'm, I'm going to blame it on the weather. I'm blaming it on the weather. It might be. Look, it's going to be tough. Yes, I, I will certainly admit that, but I do think uh, that the Ravens are going to try some new stuff, which may not look great, but I think a lot of the old stuff on offense will be vastly cleaned up, um, and, and I think that is the benefit of the bye week, is just cleaning up some of that execution. Um, I think that's the benefit that I see. So we saw against the Eagles, uh, which which we mentioned, some kind of tendency-breaking things, such as you know the... Uh, the draws and the fake screens and things like that. So now the Steelers just have a little bit more to think about, um, a little bit more that's been shown on film. And I think that that kind of was done on purpose and maybe that the Ravens have a few more things that they've been practicing that they ran last year, but not necessarily this year. And, uh, you know, I, I think that there is some more potential for the offense there, uh, despite the the challenge that the, that the Steelers um, pose. The other side of the ball, you mentioned Ben Roethlisberger. He's been playing pretty well so far this year. He did have the three interceptions last week. Um, but they did take it to a, a Titans team uh, pretty good last week until, this, until uh, you know they kind of let him back in the game. Ravens defense, as we mentioned earlier, uh, a little bit thin at the corner and safety spot. But this is Yannick Ngakwe's debut we got to see what his workload is going to be like with just a few days of practice 
And, um, you know, is Jimmy Smith going to be available to take on a guy like Eric Ebron, uh, who the Steelers added? And, and then, you know, they do have their weapons um, on the wide receiver position as well, like Juju Smith-Schuster, who we've seen for the past several years. Uh, and then the emerging stars, Chase Claypool and Deontay mm. Johnson. So they do have weapons. They do. How do we how do we handle that? I we got to get to the quarterback. I mean, I think that's that's the key. I think in got in Gaway, I'm just going to start. So so I looked it up. I looked oh. it up. The K the K is in the pronunciation. It is it. Okay. Yes. In Gakway. Okay. Yes. Well then we'll we'll keep keep it within Gakway. Um anyway, I I think you know, it's a huge debut for him for so many reasons just because of, you know, not only just the impact of the trade overall, but it's Steelers week and we need that guy to to bring pressure and bring down Ben Roethlisberger. You know, I was watching a few things, some a, a few, uh, you know, other 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 uh, you know analysts breakdowns of the Steelers, this that and the other, and and I think a big a big big thing to look at is going to be our defensive line getting up and blocking passes, much like the Titans did last week, that created I think at least one of their interceptions was off of a, a blocked pass at the line. So I mean. That and and who do we have that does that so well? Of course, Calais Campbell. So I think between Ngakwe and Campbell, they're massive, massive parts to the Ravens winning this game. I mean, outside of of course the corners on these this ridiculous plethora of wide receivers, the Steelers again have. Yeah. So um, looked up a couple stats. And I forget the exact number on the first one that I'm going to say, but Ben Roethlisberger has been getting rid of the ball really fast. And um, the other one is that his yards per attempt is his second lowest for his entire career. Um, and the only only season that's lower is his 2019 year when he only played two games. So. He's getting the ball out really quick, and they're all like quick hitters. It is mm-hmm. a lot of what's going on with these with these talented wide receivers, and then the yards after the catch, um, are that kind of game. So it is going to be a big batted down passes game, and you know there's going to have to be some press coverage uh, from from our corners. You know that Marlon likes to do that. Um, Peters is going to have to come up and do that, and then whoever is at the at the third corner spot is going to have to come up and do that, uh, because otherwise, if we're playing off, then you know those short completions are going to be you know pitch and catch for Roethlisberger all day, and you know they'll just slowly matriculate the ball down the field. I think they crushed the Titans in time of possession uh, last game, which doesn't really ever happen to the Titans, so. Um, you know, which is the same thing that the Ravens try to do to people. So this could be like a really fast game if the clock just keeps ticking on, on both offenses. Um, but I think the key is going to have to be getting these, um, getting your hands up into the passing lanes, um, not allowing Ben Roethlisberger to like step up. I think, you know, the the big Ben that we know likes to roll out and, you know, scramble and do things like that. I don't think he really can do that at this point of his career. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, he's more of a step up into the pocket and, and, you know, go down the field when, when things break down a little bit, but it's going to be a big Calais Campbell game for, for like you said, batting down passes, but also providing that, that 
uh, bull rush up the middle and, and yep. you know, watch out for for a guy like Justin Matabike coming into this rivalry as well to, to do that kind of stuff because what we've seen from him so far is that kind of nasty attitude that this rivalry requires. Absolutely. And and that'll be the, the fun thing to watch is some of these first year first year Ravens, whether they be, you know, the free agent trade acquisitions like uh, Campbell Wolf and, and Gakwe or, you know, some of the rookies, whether that be, you know, Queen Harrison, Matabike. Um, it's going to be fun to see, you know, who steps up, you know, in it's not prime time, but in, in a lot of sense, it is for the NFL. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's going to be a lot of welcome to the NFL moments, I think on the field this Sunday. Yeah. And, and you mentioned queen and I, I want to ask you, cause I know you're a big fan with the addition of uh, Ngakwe, there's going to be a lot of pass rushers, particularly maybe on third down, um, where we go into some of like the NASCAR packages with our pass rushers. Uh, do you foresee Patrick Queen coming off the field in those kind of situations to add another pass rusher? Or do you see that coming at all? Or is, is it- I mean, I guess it's possible. I mean, I think the, the other side of it is Queen has shown himself to be a, a pretty good pass rusher. So he might not be somebody that would necessarily come off in that situation. I mean, I guess it would depend on who's coming in um, and what the other team's package is. I, I think because if you've got so many pass rushers, rushers like that on the field, you think you'd want somebody like a queen to be able to drop um, to cover certain parts of the field. But, you know, if you're, if you're, you know, adding another DB or something like that somewhere down the line too, I mean, I guess it just depends on the package. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's not, to sure, be, especially not to make with it a the... simple answer, but you know, that, that I guess is the best thing that comes to mind. It's, it's going to be interesting, especially with that lack of depth at uh, at the, in the defensive backfield that we yeah. referred to. You might have to stay on the field. I was going to uh, say, I mean, maybe maybe you, know, you, depending on the package and the scenario, you drop Queen back to safety. You're gonna, yeah, they're going to have to get interesting because that depth is really yeah. concerning me. You know, even if even if somebody's just hurt for like one third down play, uh, <laughs> you know, that's, yeah. That's I mean, gonna just, make a just difference, rotating you know? people in and out to get a breather. You know? Right, right. There's a lot so, of running cornerbacks, too. Yeah, I, yeah. Position's not for me, I don't think. No, definitely not for me. I'd be lucky yeah. to even make it as a defensive lineman. But anyway. Yeah, I'm not sure there's any positions for me on a football no, field. No, there's but, really uh, none. And I'm, under, yeah. I'm in the correct position sitting on the couch and watching. Yep. Yeah, I'll, sure. I'll stick to podcaster. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that'll be pretty good for me. But yeah, let's jump into a into a prediction. You were gloom and doom at first, but you where, know, I'm where are you at? I'm still going to go. I still think the Ravens will split this year with the Steelers. I'm going to choose that we will win this game, but it's going to be close, and we don't pull it out to the end. It's going to be 28-24 Ravens. Okay, I love that. I love that because I was thinking, you know, Steelers big game. I think that there is going to be a come-from-behind game-winning drive by Lamar Jackson in this game. And I was going to go with a similar similar uh, prediction. I was, I'm going to say 27-24. Um, you know, despite two really good defenses, I think that both offenses have the ability to still put up points. And, you know, the, the Steelers have shown that they are a little bit mistake-prone. 
Um, you know, they are also very capable of forcing mistakes. So maybe there'll be some short fields for both offenses. So it, while it may sound like a lot of points for, you know, the number one and number two defense in the league, um, I think that's what, what it's going to come down to. And I think, you know, Lamar is finally going to show everybody in, you know, in such a big division game that he is able to come from behind and, and uh, get a W. So, yeah, you got, what did you say, 28-24? Yeah, I said 20-24. I'm going to throw something else out there, I think. Okay. Big game for Hollywood. Ooh, okay. Versus, versus Joe Hayden? Yeah. Or whoever whoever else they have out there. Whether that be Fitzpatrick or Hayden or whoever. But I and it really I'm not trying to attack Lincoln, but I just think I I just I don't know. That just came to mind. I have a feeling Hollywood Hollywood really has not had a game yet. This yeah, this would be a great thought, time for it. Ooh. There's Hollywood. Now he's he's had a good season, but he hasn't mm-hmm. had a a statement game. I'm looking for a statement game from Hollywood on Sunday. All right. I love it. I love it. Uh, so we both got a Ravens win. It'll be tooth and nail, but, you know, they'll they'll pull it out. They'll take over first place in the division. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll get rolling for the rest of the year. So, Holly, do you want to sign us off? Sure. Everybody stay fired up. Get excited for not only the Mandalorian this weekend, but, of course, our Ravens football. And we know that this is the way. This is the way. Ravens.